Hey, uh, I'm James, I'm the youth pastor, and I get to bring this morning's message, and I just wanted to um, begin my morning message by saying, uh, I have three kids. I have a son, Gavin, that's 19, I have a daughter, Chloe, that's 17, and I have a son, Will, that is 13. And if you are a parent, you might be able to, uh, actually, if you've ever known a kid, if you've ever been a kid, you might know what this thing I'm talking about. I don't know if any of you have ever played hide and seek. I love hide and seek. I love hide and seek. And, and when my kids were growing up, when they were two, three, four, 14, like Will and I still, no, we don't still play, but, but I love hide and seek. And I can remember this one particular day uh, when Will, so I, I, Will and I were playing just the two of us and I was like, okay, Will, it's your turn to hide. I'm going to count to a hundred. And so he runs off and he was probably three, four, maybe not five. No way. He was three or four years old. And so he goes and runs off, and I count, you know, one, two, 97, 98, and I'm, I'm looking for him, right? And so I walk around, I walk around, and I'm looking, and, and, and I look in a few different areas, and then I have to go into his bedroom. And I, I walk to his bedroom door, and I slid it open real slowly and real quietly. And at that time, Gavin and Will were sharing a bedroom. So they had two twin beds that were on the floor, so there was a gap between the beds that was about five, six feet wide. And I opened up the door... And, and what I saw was Will standing between the two beds with this blanket over his head. And like Will had, a, it was a camouflage blanket. So there was that going for him, but he was standing in between the beds with the blanket over his head, thinking to himself, Will, I'm sorry, thinking to himself, my dad will never see me. Ha ha ha. Now, we all recognize there's something odd about that. If you are a three- or four-year-old child and you think that that's a good hiding spot, there's something in this message for you, too. Don't do that. Try to get underneath the bed or climb underneath the blankets or go over... Anyway, if you've ever played hide-and-seek with a small child, what you, what you find, and I wish that I could show you, I, I did like a search for bad hiding spots, and like you see... Kids who are standing behind curtains that hit them like right here and they're like standing behind the curtains but their whole like lower body is, is there. Or I saw this one picture of a little kid who was standing at a little kid's basketball hoop and he had the net like around his face and he was standing there with his eyes open like ha ha ha, the net is between me and you, you'll never see me. Like they're bad hiding spots. That's, that's what I'm going for right now, bad hiding spots. And I, I have this idea that if we were to step back and take a look at our own lives, we would see a little bit of that in each and every one of us. That each and every one of us think that we're doing a really good job of, a really good job of hiding. And even if you don't recognize that you are hiding, you are, and more than likely, it's not a very good hiding spot. It's not a very good one. Um, but what we tell ourselves is that I've got my hiding spot, you've got your hiding spot. I'm not going to I'm not going to reveal you if you're not going to reveal me, and we're just going to stay in our own comfortable little hiding spots. I'll hide in mine, you hide in yours, and it'll all be good. And so we spend our entire lives like that. We spend our whole lives hiding, maintaining, pretending. And as we hide, what we're after is avoiding having to be real, having to be authentic, having to show the world, this is who I am, here's where I'm at. And so we spend our lives avoiding being real like we do car accidents or Iowa football fans. 
It's like we have a deal with all of mankind. I know you're faking it. I know you're hiding. You know I'm faking it. You know I'm hiding. But here's the deal. I won't say anything to you if you don't say anything to me. Meanwhile, we put on a real nice front. We go to church. We might join a life group. We come to squad. We come to anomaly. We come to quest. We make sure that we're in kids' life every Sunday morning. All the while, we're just managing our lives as best as we can, trying to not be swallowed up by our self-destructive behaviors, by our sin. And I hate to admit it, but that's a pretty accurate description of my life. And so something has to change. I want to be able to say, I'm living life free. I want to live in truth. I want to be able to live real, out of hiding. And so my truth statement for today, and if you have one of the worship folders, you'll see that the truth statement for today is, I grow in the light. I grow in the light. And so let me just pray really quick and we'll dive into it. God, I pray for this time. I pray for our hearts. I pray for the distractions. I pray that everybody's mind and heart would be right here and that we would hear from you as we contemplate what it means to hide and the dangers of it, the barriers, all of that. God, this is your time, not mine. Speak through me. Amen. Amen. There are barriers that keep us from living real. There are barriers that keep us from wanting to be out from our hiding spot. Let me give you a few of them. The first one is that truthfully, we're a little bit scared to look inward. We don't really want to know what's going on inside of us. It's just easier to just kind of like put our head down and trudge through life. We don't really want to take time and stop and really take an inventory of what's happening inside of us. And I can tell you guys, the number one enemy against what I'm talking about is this thing. Because every quiet moment in my life, this thing comes out of my pocket and I start scrolling through it. And there is no quiet moment. There is no time for inward reflection. The next thing is, man, we, we don't want to come out from our hiding spot because we think that people really don't want to hear about our stuff. Who has the time? Who has the time to sit down with another human and, and really dive into life? It's just easier to talk about fantasy football in The Bachelor. Who has time? And then the next thing that we tell ourselves is, who has the ability to really help me? Man, my stuff's too difficult. My stuff's too hard. And there isn't anybody qualified to help me work through the things that I'm feeling, the things that I'm dealing with. Who? And then the last and the biggest and the, the scariest and the, the biggest barrier, scariest barrier is we're afraid of being rejected. We're afraid of feeling judged. I know, this is what we tell ourselves, I know that if, I, if, I, if I'm real, if I come out of my hiding spot, if I live my life in the light, People will reject me. My relationships will change. It will never be the same. It will get awkward. I'll be judged. Well, I'm telling you right now, Satan is filling your head with that lie. You'll grow in the light. You'll grow in the light. And so the second thing I want to talk about is what are some consequences? What are some consequences of not living in the light? What are some consequences of hiding? The first consequence I have is that your relationships will never reach their full potential. I mean, you have all kinds of relationships and they are varying depths of, well, just varying depths. You have varying depths of relationships with lots of people. But you know that if the depth of your relationship is like I mentioned before, fantasy football, Husker football, COVID, mask regulations, The Bachelor, if that is the depth of your relationships, you're not ever going to reach the full potential for your relationship. How deep of a connection can you have with another human being if you never get beyond 
fantasy football. So your relationships will never reach their full potential if you stay hiding, if you don't live your life in the light. And then the second thing is, you will stunt your spiritual growth. Ask yourself this question, can I pretend myself, can I pretend my way to spiritual growth? Can I pretend my way through this sin that I'm struggling with? Can you fake it till you make it? Has anybody here, rhetorical question, has anybody, ever, has anybody here ever defeated a sin by pretending or hiding your way through it? I know I haven't. And so we, we do this thing where we live quasi-authentic, where we, we take our authenticity and we put it on display in these little, tiny, little, easy ways that feel really good to us, and we pat ourselves on the back, and then we run right back into the safety of our hiding spot, and we go, oh, that felt really good. It would be like this. If somebody came up to you and said, dude, I have the greatest Husker tickets you've ever had in your whole life. They are on the 50-yard line. They are 10 rows up. They are yours. And you said, awesome. So you grabbed the tickets and you went home and you got on all your Husker gear and you jumped in your car and you battled the traffic to get there. And you got there really early and you parked your car like 10, 15 blocks away, which is a great parking spot of Memorial Stadium. And you... And then you get out and you've got the food and you're just killing the food. And you're like, this is going to be the greatest day ever. And then you walk with the sea of red. You walk up to the stadium and you get into the stadium and you walk out and you get your view of, the, of your seats in the stadium. And the, you're like, oh, this is going to be so awesome. And the players are warming up and then they leave and then the band comes out and it is so great. And then the players come back out again and everybody cheers. And that side says uh, Husker and then my side says Power. And we go back and forth. And if you've been there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's the greatest thing ever. And it needs to happen. Anyway, so, so here we are. We're in this moment. And then all of a sudden the coin flip happens and the players come out on the field. And the, the kick happens. And you do this from your awesome seat. You turn around, snap a selfie of yourself, and leave. That's what we do. This quasi-authenticity. This moment where we go out and we're like, here I am, world. And then you run back. You've missed the game. You've told yourself that what you're doing is good enough. But you're not living in the light. You're, you're coming out of your hiding spot for a second and you're running right back into it. And the result is we flounder and we struggle and you find yourself three years, five years, ten years, and for me, twenty years later, still struggling with the th same things. It's time to stop the cycle. It's time to stop believing the lies. The lies that keep us in prison. The lies that keep us from being free. The lies that keep us hiding. That keep us from living in the light. And so I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you to hear what I'm about to say. I'm about to give you some rewards for living in the light. Living in truth. Living real. Living free. Here's the first reward. It is this. You get to experience the freedom and the growth of living life in the open. Hiding is tiring. Secrets are tiring. Lies are tiring. Let's cast that off. Let's be free. Secrets create fear. That is the opposite of embracing who you are right now. In the open, in the light, you can find freedom. In the open, in the light, you can find healing. This summer, I had a life group with a bunch of guys. 
And it was really interesting because it started with one guy who invited a guy who invited a guy who invited a guy. And before I knew it, I had a, uh, a group of like seven guys. And, and they kind of sort of knew each other, but they weren't like really good friends. And, and so we met that first week and it was, it was kind of awkward. And, and, and I remember at one point in time, we were sitting there talking and, and, and Gavin, my son, he said, and it was a God thing. He said, you know what's interesting is that if I was going to choose a group of guys to be with, you wouldn't be it. Because I don't really know you guys. I'm not really comfortable with you guys. I don't have relationships with you the way I do with these other people. But he said, but I know that God is going to use that. And that was a foundation for authenticity in our whole group. He was authentic and created a culture for it. And I got to watch it in him week by week say things that as a dad, I was like, when I was 19, no way. Those words were not coming out of my mouth. But there is strength, healing, goodness in being honest and being real. When did talking about the things that we struggle with become sin? When did it become the one thing that we can never let anybody see? When did pretending and hiding become the goal instead of living in the light? And so I want to share some verses with you today from 1 John 5. I know that I've talked for a long time before we're cracking the Bible open. But here we go. If you have a Bible, I would encourage you to turn to 1 John 1. And we're going to look at verses 5 through 6 because these verses lay an incredible groundwork for the goodness of living life in the light, absent of hiding. And so, let's dive in, and I'm going to talk kind of slow, and it's cool to have the pools here, and I'm just saying that to give you a chance to open up your Bibles if you haven't already. Here we go. 1 John 1, 5 through 10. I'm just going to read verse 5 and 6. Here we go. This is the message that we have heard from Him, from Him, and we declare to you, God is light. In Him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with Him and yet walk in darkness... We lie and do not live out the truth. The first thing that I said, I mean, I, I emphasized it to you when I was reading it. This is a message that we have heard from him. The him that we are talking about here is like Jesus. When Jesus was on the planet, when he was existing like we are right now, he, he talked about this. And so John, the guy who wrote this book, he said, hey, these aren't my words. Even that would, I mean, that would be pretty good. But these are Jesus's words. This was Jesus's life. This is a message that we have heard from him. And we declare it's good. That God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and we do not live out the truth. Just so you know, I don't have a cool iPad or anything. I've got my pages loose here. And if for whatever reason they blow away, I'll just pray and that'll be the end. <laughs> so if you're, um, if you're really into this message, pray against that. If you're not, still pray against that. Walking in darkness. It says in verse 6, if you're walking in darkness. Walking in darkness is hiding, pretending, settling. And so I want I to talk, talk to you guys a little bit about um, a plant that I have growing in my house. It is called a fiddle leaf fig. Anybody here ever heard of a fiddle leaf fig? Very good. This morning I thought it was a fiddly fig. I looked it up online. I looked up fiddly fig. There is actually a place in Kansas City called the Fiddly Fig. And then I was like, oh, there, I spelled it wrong. So then I did a different search for Fiddly Fig. And then it said Fiddle Leaf 
fig. Well, my house has fiddle, fiddle leaf figs. I grew today. Fiddle leaf figs. And if you have been to my house over the last two years, you have seen them kind of everywhere. And we have this one that is like, if you walk into my house, my house faces this direction, okay? So imagine you're walking into my house. There is in the back corner, a fiddle leaf fig. And it is like this, I don't want to lie to you guys. It's this tall, it's huge. And if you walked in my house and you opened the door, you saw the fiddly fig there that was incredible. And if you looked over here, there used to be one right here. It was like this tall, this tall, this tall. But over time, it died. The leaves died. The whole plant died. And now if you come into my house, we have four fiddle leaf fit. We have three fiddle leaf figs. Here's the reason why we only have three, because one of them is here. This is a very small fiddle leaf fig. A very small one. This is in our house. If you come into my house and you walk into my house, all four of these plants are on that wall across the back. Two of them are in a room that's over there. Two of them are in a room that's over here. And all four of them are doing incredibly well compared to that one that if you walked in the door was back over here. And why is that? Because of that guy. Because of that guy right there. Don't look at it, especially not for a long time. Because of the sun. If you are on the backside of our house, you're getting direct sunlight. You are living in the light. And they have thrived. Now, the other, the one that was back here, it was in the light, kind of, sort of. Like, it was against a window. It's not like it was dark over there. But compared to being in the sunlight, it was basically trying to grow in darkness. And that plant did not thrive. That plant died. That's what they're talking about here. If you're going to try to grow in darkness, you will die. And so if we read on in verse 7, 1 John 1, 7, it says, But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, will purify us from all sin. If we are walking in the light, we are walking with him. Open, transparent, no hiding. And I give you three benefits of walking in the light. The first is it creates this incredible connection between us and God. An incredible connection. We see God's character and we copy it. When we are living in the light, we see that God is light and we look at that and we say, wow, that is who I want to be and we chase after it. It creates a connection between us and God. And the second thing it says is that we have fellowship with one another. We have fellowship with one another. Here we are having fellowship with one another as we live in the light. This is not, I mean, there is a time and a place for Bachelor. There's a time and a place for fantasy football, for mask mandate stuff. There's a time and place for that. But there is a time and a place for what's going on inside of you. This is what's going on inside of me. Will you pray for me? Will you come alongside me? And that is a depth of relationship that we have been created for. No settling. So, three benefits. First, creates a connection between us and God. Two, we have fellowship with one another. Creates a connection between us as people. And the third thing, it says it right there at the end of verse 7. It says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. What? What? We can be purified from our sin in relationship, in the light, with him and with others. 
We can be purified from all sin. That's the life I want. Where are we given victory over our sin? In the light. Not when we're hiding. We are given victory over our sin through the power of Jesus and in fellowship with Him and with others. So am I inviting you to put up a billboard on 14th and Silver that says, James Burkston, and here are the things that I'm struggling with? No. No, I'm not asking you to broadcast your life to the whole world, but I am inviting you to find one or two or three people, but most importantly, Him. Him. Connection between us and Him. Verse 8 and 9, 1 John 1, 8 9, it says, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. This is us hiding. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. And then verse 9, it says, But if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Walking in the light, it means recognizing our sin, confessing it, not pretending it isn't real, not hiding it from the world. It's confessing your sin to God and the people around you as a regular part of your spiritual life. If you could travel back in time with me to uh, May 31st, we were in the middle of our Psalms of the Summer series, and Anthony stood up here and he talked about hiding too. And one of the things, his, his passage was Psalm 139. And Psalm 139 is all about uh, wherever I go, God's there. If I go to the, you know, if I'm up here, God's there. If I go over here, God's here. If I go all the way over there, God's there. You know, wherever we are, God is there. And it's this beautiful picture of life with him that we can't hide from God. And then the very last two verses of Psalm 139, they are so beautiful. It says this, it says, Psalm 139, 23 and 24. It says, search me, God, know my heart. Test me, know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in a way everlasting. Lead me in a way everlasting. David wrote this psalm. And he's crying out to God and saying, God, know me. Look at me. Show me the things about me that need to change. Give me the courage and the willingness to attack those things. And just so you know, it's going to be about you. It's not going to be about some power that's inside me. It's about you. Search me, God. Know my heart. I want to read these two verses to you in a different version of the Bible. This is the Passion Translation. Thank you, Tony Boscarino. Psalm 139, 23, 24, the Passion Translation. God, I invite your searching gaze into my heart. Examine me through and through. Find out everything that may be hidden inside me. Put me to the test. Sift through all of my anxious cares. See if there is any path of pain that I'm walking on. A secret hiding path. If there is any path of pain that I'm walking on and lead me back to your glorious everlasting ways, don't miss this part. The path that brings me back to you. The path that brings me back to you. Not hiding, not trying to cover up all the things about us, but the path that brings us back to Him, where we stand face to face with God and we say, God, this is who I am. I can't change me, I can't fix me. I need you. Oh, so, th so then as we move on, 1 John 1.10, it, it says, if we claim we have not sinned, we make God, we make Him out to be a liar and His Word is not in us. I am not accusing any of you of claiming that you haven't sinned. I'm not accusing any of you of that. But I am letting you know that if we are 
living our lives in secret, in hiding, essentially what we are doing is portraying to the world something that is not real. We are essentially saying to the world, you're a mess, I'm not. You've got your stuff, I'm good. When we hide and pretend, we are essentially saying to the world, I'm good, I've got this all figured out. And so I don't want that for us. I don't want us to live in hiding. This is it, guys. Last page. So far, we haven't lost anything. And so this is how I want to conclude to you all right now. I want to encourage you to get out from trying to hide like this. Can you see me? Are you sure? Real sure? What about now? Are you sure you can see me? What about like this? Can you see me now? Whoa! That was a neat trick. I wish I would have discovered that 20 minutes ago. Let's stop doing that. And let's start doing this. Here I am. This is who I am. This is me. Take the risk. But recognize it's way riskier to do this than it is to do this. Romans 12.2 says, Don't conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The pattern of the world is to hide. The pattern of the world is to act like things are good. It started way back in, in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. First sin. What did they do? They hid. It is a human thing in relationship to sin, to hide. The pattern of this world is to hide, pretend, avoid authenticity. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That is what happens. There is a renewal of our minds when we live in the light, when we live, when we practice Psalm 139, 23, and 24. When we go to God and we say, God, this is who I am. Tell me about me what needs to change. Give me the courage. Give me the strength to be something I'm not just naturally. And so here's how I finish. I, I, I look at all the parents that are out here. All of you parents that are in this crowd right now. How are you doing? Okay. Uh, uh, not just parents. Husbands and wives. How are you doing at creating an environment in your house where your kids can be real to you? Husbands, how are you doing creating an environment where your wife can be real with you about what she's struggling with? Wives, what are you doing to create an environment where your husbands can come to you about the things that they're really struggling with? Because they're not going to be the husband, the wife, the mom, the dad that you want them to be if they are driven to hide. If you are hiding, there's something missing. So the question is, what are you doing to create the right... And I say this very purposefully because... I am a dad of a 19, a 17, and a 13-year-old. And especially for my son, Will. We are, we are already in the season of life where Will is like, I'm pulling back. I'm pulling back. I'm pulling back. And if I'm not really careful, he's going to go into hiding and I'm never going to see him. I'm never going to see the real Will. So I'm committed to you, man, that that's not going to be the case. Parents, what are we doing? Uh, this, this fall, we're going to launch uh, our student life program a couple Wednesdays from today. And, and in Squad Anomaly, the title of our series is going to be, Let's Get Real. Let's Get Real. And we're going we're gonna to look at what it means to live authentically. Because this is something that I've heard way too much. Somebody's talking like this, and I hear a conversation on the side 
Oh, I'm so glad that such and such a person was here to hear that. Oh, I'm so glad they were here to hear that message. And I, I'm not saying that like to condemn the person who was saying that, but I just want to let you know that these messages are for you. First, they're for you. Before you say, oh, I'm so glad this person got to hear it. It's for you. So we're going to have a, a, a series called Let's, Let's Be Real. And so I want to close with a quote. I don't know who, who said this quote, so let's just attribute it to me. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> Life with Christ was never meant to be mistake-free, but real and genuine. And when we choose to live that way, we become people that stand out. We become a church that the world can listen to, have respect for, and maybe even connect with. Life was never meant to be to be lived mistake-free, but real and genuine. When we live that way, we become people who are different, we stand out, and we become a church that the world can listen to, have respect for, and maybe even connect with. Oh, there's a great segue right now, because we're talking about living life in the open. This thing that's going to happen in front of us is a great way for somebody to stand right here and say, here is who I am. I am ready to jump in there. I'm ready to turn away from this other thing and I'm ready to live life differently. This is a cool thing that's about to happen. And it is a great example of an opportunity to live in the light. To choose the obedience of baptism is a great opportunity. And so I want to invite Corey and Anthony to come up because they're going to be our first people to do baptism. And while they're making their way up here, let me just pray. Let me just pray over... Um, the message and what's about to happen. Dear Heavenly Father, it is so easy to hide from the very first humans, Adam and Eve. From their very first sin, they chose to hide. And so it is inside of us a desire to do it. And so God, I pray against the desire inside of all of us to want to find that safe hiding spot and to never come out. God, I pray that the lies that float in our head, that that's better that it's better to hide than it is to live life in the light with you and with people. God, I pray that you would help us to fight against that. It's not going to be in our strength. It's going to be in yours. And so, God, I pray for huge steps for everybody in here today. Huge steps for everybody that's hearing this message online and sitting here. That we would see the goodness of living life in the light. That that's where we are going to grow like the fiddle, leaf, fig. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.